0: Welcome on in to another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing from the Concord, North Carolina studios here at the Motor Racing Network. My name is Chris Wilner. As always, now birthday boy Kyle Ricky just celebrated a birthday. Happy birth! Yeah, you didn't think I was gonna let this show go on without recognizing your birthday from Killingly, Connecticut. Currently at Stafford Motor Speedway, Kyle. Happy belated, my friend. From all of us here at MRN and everybody watching Coast to Coast. What'd you do for your birthday? I heard it was a little rainy up there in Portland.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you didn't have to mention it because now I'm getting older. As one of the drivers here at the Speedway told me the other night, she asked me if I felt old. I'm I like, all right, well, I'm there. I guess I'm that 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 old person now. Apparently. You don't look
0: and, a day over twenty five, bud. Yeah,
1: I, and I appreciate that.
0: What did I do for my birthday? I sat on an airplane.
1: <laughs> at Six a.m. and I went to Atlanta. Okay. Where I sat for three hours. <sighs> And then made the trek clear across the country to Portland, Oregon, to cover the uh the doubleheader out there with the NASCAR Xfinity series and the Arkham and Arts West series, uh, in what was a very uh damp Saturday here on on the radio. So it was a good time, but good racing. Uh it was interesting, especially in the Xfinity series when you know the track dried out and everyone went to slicks and then it started to rain again. And Half of them went back to rain tires and or wet weather tires. So uh, a lot of strategy and a lot of cars going off the course in front of me. Uh, Fun, fun trip, Uh, quick trip, but fun.
0: Absolutely. And you guys sounded fantastic. Those of us on the Motor Racing Network side that were at Gateway, we're tuned in as soon as our truck race was over from the uh, St. Louis Arch. So pretty cool opportunity to hear both sides of things. And we'll get to that here coming up on Coast to Coast Top 7. Again, we've got a great show for you. We're going to start with our Coast to Coast Top 7. And we're going to start where you were, the Pacific Northwest with Jake Drew, the Sunrise Ford, getting his first career ARCA win with the West Series. Uh, weather shortened Portland 112, though. Torrential downpours there at the end, Kyle. How difficult was it for those drivers to see when you have all those rooster tails coming up from behind these Arkham machines? machines?
1: Well, that and the windshields were fogging up. Uh, they, they had their hands full. I'm not quite sure how they could see, but they uh, they crept around the racetrack at reduced, far, far reduced speed. Uh, I think there was like 44 seconds between the top three at one point. But, um, yeah, Jake was able to pick up the win. Kind of uh, a nice bounce back after the issues of uh, his race there at Portland a year ago where he missed the turn and was penalized Um, 30 seconds or whatever it was. And he, didn't, he wasn't awarded the win. So uh, this year, they didn't have to worry about turns one, two, and three on starts and restarts. They just let them race to turn four. And then every lap after, they used that first chicane. And uh, he was able to take advantage of that, claim the win, led just about every lap by uh, driving that Bob Brincotti car.
0: How was Portland as a city? Did you get a chance to go out? There? I mean, have you been there before? And what was it like for those of us that haven't been out there?
1: My first trip, um, we really didn't get to explore. I mean, it was quick. The airport to the hotel. Uh, I literally went to the room, watched Stafford uh, on Friday night. And then, and then uh, went and had dinner. And, and uh, you know, time change helped with that. And then we went right to the racetrack on Saturday. It looked like a nice city from, you know, the, the few exits that we saw of it and a couple of the bridges that we went over. Um, looks Looks like a nice place.
0: All right, Coast Coast top seven, number two, Kyle, who you got?
1: Dylan Zampa uh, picked up his, you know, it, it's hard to win two in a row in every any division at most tracks across the country. Well, he won his seventh consecutive late model feature this past weekend at the All-American Speedway in California. Uh, very hard division to win in and uh, he's got it figured out right now so congratulations to Dylan not sure if that's a a new record for for the racetrack but if it's not it's going to be getting close
0: big big win congratulations to Dylan all right Coast Coast number seven of our top seven winners I'm going to go back to one of our grad well He's not quite graduated from the Art series yet. I mean, he is still a young talented driver competing in the E series, but Corey Heim again, second time this year, he gets a limited start in a KBM truck, that iconic number 51 that's visited Victory Lane a host of times whether it's Kyle Busch or other drivers, he puts it in the Victory Lane for the second time this season, his second career win at Gateway in a thrilling race. I think the trucks put on some of the best racing there at gateway. Well, before we saw the cup series put on a pretty darn good one too, as well, but uh, had to do it with his teammate. They're right behind. You had all sorts of racing going on side-by-side battles throughout the field. And Corey Heim tells you that age is just a number and he drives like he's a veteran out there.
1: Heck of a race. Um, Was able to, to take most of it in, Uh, while we were in in Portland and uh, good race and and, I mean accomplished motorsports trucks are tough wherever they go and no matter who's driving them and sometimes you know their biggest competition is their teammates and uh, it was nice to see Corey be able to defeat his KBM teammates including John Hunter who's been so strong this year and uh, claim the win I hope you know, obviously thoughts are with Carson Hosevar. Hope he's okay. That was a big hit there on the final lap of the event over in turn number two. Uh, another one of our our grassroots drivers that uh, have done so well on short tracks, making it up to the national spotlight. So thoughts are with Carson at the end of that uh, truck series event.
0: For sure. The ups and downs of racing, the agony and yeah. of defeat, and obviously the dangers of the motorsports community. Uh, kind of rings true when you see something like that happen. So hopefully Carson's all right. I sent him a text, hasn't responded yet, but obviously a lot more pressing things to uh, get taken care of right bit. now. But we certainly wish him uh, a speedy recovery. All right, so that's going to be my number three. Kyle, who's number four on our top seven list? We're
1: going to go with Jonathan Brown. Uh, won a thrilling modified race on Saturday night at Bowman Gray Stadium. Another 100 lapper for the modifieds and held off Tim Brown to claim the win. Tim, of course, uh, a legendary championship driver. At the racetrack, uh, I think a lot of folks thought the bumper was going to be used or or the front Nerf bar was going to be used in the final couple of laps. It was not. Uh, Jonathan Strong at the front of the field claimed the win, uh, holding off Tim at the checkered flag. Well, it was a good field, and it was, again, live on Flow Racing.
0: Absolutely. Flow provided great coverage of that event, and the bumper was used in the CRA uh, Super uh, Series race, which we'll get to that maybe in a little bit. But Brendan Butterbean is gonna be my number uh, number five of our top seven coast to coast winners. First of all, with a nickname like Butterbean, I mean, how can you not root for the guy? But but his last name is Queen. Perfect season at Langley is kept alive in front of a pretty good crowd in a really talented field of the cars late model stock tour uh, series race when they visited there. He moved points leader Carson Quapple out of the way late in the race. It was a thrilling finish uh again a uh, bump and run at the end of these short track races to become a thing a staple uh as of late and and it was an exciting race to watch caught the end of that and uh, again Brendan Butterbean Queen gets his uh arc or excuse me Cars Tour win uh pretty dramatic fashion too as well to be perfect at Langley and that's a hard track to stay perfect at so pretty pretty job uh, job well done for him all right well we got number Modern. six Kyle
1: Yep, my number six, uh, Jacob Borst. Uh, We've talked a lot about Peyton Sellers and how uh, he's running for a national championship. He, and he's won and run for those titles for, for a long time now. And he's been tough to beat at South Boston Speedway, but Jacob able to beat him on Saturday night in a late model race at the South Boston Speedway. So, congratulations to Jacob for picking up that win. Not too many people have been able to beat. Uh, Peyton this 2022 season or the last several seasons, but Jacob was able to get it done. Good field of cars uh over the weekends at South Boston. That track off now, they prepare for their big SRX debut here in a couple of weeks.
0: Absolutely. That track always has a ton of talent each and every week. So a big win for Jacob. We'll round out our top seven. Uh Again, another p- circumstance of this race is going on as we speak, as we record this event. It is, The show, or uh, put money in the bank out there at Berlin Raceway. Jeff Striegel, we were talking about it this weekend of the Motor Racing Network, a part of Berlin. Uh, Super excited. I think the hype around this event has been going on for at least three months. The names that have been entered, Eric Jones, I know Carson Josevar was entered. Obviously not sure if he's going to be able to compete. But the prestige around this event at Berlin has brought a lot of good drivers out to Michigan and put on a great show. And uh, so certainly whoever's going to win that race is going to be worthy of being in the top seven winners of the week, because uh, the prestige behind it alone says uh, just how big of an event it is.
1: And a Wednesday night show is tough to do. And I'm sure Jeff is happy that it's a Wednesday night because yes. he's not traveling uh, during, during the midweek portion. So he gets to be there for one of the track's biggest events of the year. Uh, hopefully the weather cooperates and uh, you know, as we, uh upload this show uh the results will have been posted and hopefully it was a sellout crowd and a spectacular race and a spectacular finish to go along with it
0: and if you didn't know it was going on and we just told you guess what flow racing has a full replay on their website and on their tile so go to Flow racing that's right and so, yeah, so if you missed it, you can just go back and re-watch it. So, uh, and that's exactly what we will be doing uh, once we've, we've finished recording the show. All right, that is our Coast to Coast top seven here, a part of NASCAR Coast to Coast. Moving on to our shout-outs of the week, Kyle. It's always this, you know, you can't get to everybody across the country, but there's certainly a couple drivers out there deserving of a shout-out, at least if they didn't make our top seven. Mine is going to be another fantastic name in the short track community, Bobo Dalton. Uh, If you don't know, Bobo's story had a horrific accident at Greenville Pickens Speedway running a late model uh, several weeks ago now, made his return two weeks ago at a Goodyear All-American Speedway, picked up a win. Then this past weekend, goes down to Caraway Speedway, gets another win. Talk about a bounce-back story from a driver who nearly, and he said in his interview, I I thought I was going to have to hang it up this season. The cars were absolutely destroyed, and obviously with his injury, needed some time to recover, and... Uh, uh, always love a good bounce back story. So Bobo Dalton uh, is my shout out of the week. Kyle, what about you?
1: Yeah, love, love those bounce back stories. I have something similar uh, and I'm going gonna, gonna to keep it right here at the Stafford Motor Speedway from this past Friday night. Uh, Josh Carey, who right over there uh, went over the wall in a modified, uh, not too many, that hasn't happened too much in the history of Stafford Motor Speedway. And he did it uh, back in 2020. Well, I think it was one of the final nights of the season. Um, he was okay. Car was tore up. Billboards were tore up. Uh, but, you know, everything Everything at the end of the night was okay. He was able to bounce back last Friday night, uh, running full season here in 2022 after taking some time off in 2021 and claimed his first SK Light modified win. Uh, another fantastic race. 31 cars took the green flag. One of the largest fields that... Uh, has started an SK light race here at Stafford, and he was able to to fend off a lot of the youngsters behind him. Uh, as there are many of the the young kids in that field, as one of the learning one of the learning divisions into an SK modified and then ultimately a tour type modified. So, congratulations to Josh on picking up that win after his wild ride here uh, less than two years ago at Stafford.
0: All right, so Josh and Bobo taking home our shout outs of the week. Final order of business here on NASCAR Coast Coast can be our go or no go little debatable segment here on NASCAR coast to coast. And I thought of just a couple here, Kyle, uh, to go off of what we saw this past weekend. Not sure if you were able to take a look at the actual replay of the NASCAR cup series at gateway, but the drama between Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain, I think is something that we see throughout grassroots racing. Anytime you get short track racers together and there's beating and banging going on. But my question is for you go or no go on the way Denny Hamlin responded by driving nearly 60 miles an hour, just trying to impede the path of Ross Chastain as a point of retaliation. You like it, or you feel like that maybe took it too far?
1: Yeah, I think it took it too far. I'm, I'm go on the first one. If you want to get your message across there sure. down the back straight away and, drive them, and try to drive them to the infield campground, fine. But to, to to keep it up throughout the event and almost take out other cars trying to do it, I know if that happened here and at many short tracks across the country, I know if that happened in ARCA East or ARCA West and a lot of these developmental series, uh, that driver probably would have been parked um, I know it certainly would have happened here if that happened in, in any division. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, he gets one shot, you know, and, you know, after that, it, it became a little... A little much, you know, you knew every time those two were close on the racetrack and because of Denny's speed, that was every, what, 12 or 15 laps or so every time Ross came around there.
0: Right. It got to the point where TV and radio both were so fixated on what was going on 30 seconds behind the battle for the lead. It took away from the race. So you're right. And I guess to go off of what you're saying, I am no go on Denny Hamlin's retaliation. I am go for a retaliation on the fact of you have an opportunity to send a message, you put him in the wall, ruin his day, that's it, if that's what you're going to do. Now, granted, there's, again, you can debate that, whether right. that's enough or, or whether that's too much or not. But Larry Mack put a good point on it, and he said, you know, just just leave it alone, once and done. But to make it a point and make it a, almost a focal point for NASCAR, and they're not paying attention to what else is going on, uh, takes away from the race. It's a disservice, really, to the, the entertainment value that's going on for your actual race, and it's just more of, shenanigans going on in the back of the field. So I think we're both on the same p- point of that. All right, our second and final one, because it was so hard to think of, a, of of more than one because that just once stood out in my mind this whole weekend, uh, kind of per- portrays to where you were at here in Portland. NASCAR, ARCA, should we stay in Portland? Should we maybe try something else up in that part of the region? I know the Pacific Northwest is a big market for racing in general, whether it's short track racing or trying to get NASCAR fans. But where do you think the racing was at? Obviously the rain kind of challenges things, but where do you think the racing was at? Should we keep NASCAR and ARCA there? We should maybe venture somewhere else or maybe, maybe build a track up there.
1: No, um, I think we should stay at Portland. Uh, Now, now the facility needs a little work. Um, I think it's the only track that, that we go to where, you know, there's no tunnel, there's no bridge. So you you if you're in there during the race, you're you're stuck. And I felt bad for the NASCAR Xfinity Series teams after the event. All they wanted to do is get going back to their, you know, the, either their hotels or their airplanes to to get back to the East Coast. And the ARCA race was right after the Xfinity or the uh, yeah the Xfinity Series race was complete. And it was it was kind of stressful for me just watching the cars. The, the the rental cars just lined up in the infield with the brake lights on uh and you you knew you knew the emotion in those cars right now of just they want to get gone it's raining they've been in the cold wet conditions all day um and they're having to sit there through an, an hour and a half or two hour arca race uh thus delaying their their egress out of the facility so other than that great racetrack a lot of passing zones um we, i don't think we really saw the full potential of what we could see there just because it was, for the most part, wet the entire day or, and really wet most of the day. So um, I'm I'm all for going back there and, and running that double header again. Uh, it was it was a fun, fun event. And, you know, other than that, that issue of getting in and out of the racetrack at certain times and they were short periods of time. I mean, if you had, you know, there were five or ten minute blocks where if you weren't getting in or getting out and you were stuck until whatever whatever session was on the racetrack was completed
0: well you know i think for the first time since we've started doing this i think i'll be go as well so i think we're agreeing on both uh uh, subjects here on our go and no go segment so kyle and i are in agreement, folks doesn't happen often well yeah it does sometimes Uh, I I agree. I think Portland put on a great race that, like anything, facilities can be adjusted. I mean, we had, you know, egress and problems at Gateway, too, as well. And they've hosted NASCAR National Series races, just not a Cup Series race. And the magnitude of that changed things. So uh, I think people are so quick to make quick judgments off of one instance or, or one particular aspect of, of a racetrack versus looking at the holistic picture so uh i agree so i think portland should stay and certainly for arc i think it's a good opportunity to just challenge these young drivers with another road course another challenging layout uh than what we're accustomed to seeing so awesome stuff all right coming up on the flip side of the break here on nascar coast-to-coast presented by flow racing we'll have our national points update uh, for our nascar advanced auto parts weekly series as well as the Go with the flow. It's our calendar for the upcoming race weekend schedule. It's coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. couple orders of business to take care of before we wrap up tonight's show. First up, it's our NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly National Championship Point Standings look. And Kyle, boy, two familiar names still at the top. The NASCAR
1: season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn? Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in laws? If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy
0: in four
1: It is. uh, And like you said, it's still a long way to go. We have an entire summer of racing where anything can happen. Anything will happen. Car counts. We talk about uh, dictate how points are awarded. Uh, You know, Peyton and Lane, they're running at tracks right now. They get fairly healthy car counts, you know, South Boston Speedway and then the tracks in the Carolinas and Virginia. So, um, but if those car counts drop off, Others in other regions may have a shot to jump in there. So we'll see. going to be a long summer, though. It'll be fun to watch.
0: It certainly will be. And speaking of races coming up, time to go with our Go With the Flow race weekend calendar here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. We'll start it off with the Ark Menard Series, merging with Arca East. Once again, round two, the Sioux Chiefs Showdown Series. It's at Iowa Speedway, one of my favorite racetracks. Saturday, 9 o'clock Eastern time on Flow Racing. Uh, Kyle, Iowa, another track that produces fantastic racing. Um, pretty much we've seen it all so far this year across the Ark Menard Series and the E Series. So can't imagine when you merge these two series once again for a showdown. Uh, it's going to be pretty epic.
1: What is a race within a race within a race when you include a showdown? Uh, Should be a great card count. I've seen an early entry list and and it's pretty stacked, as you would expect, between uh, the Arca National Series and the Arca Menards East Series, the Calypso Lemonade. 150. Uh, I miss going to Iowa with the Motor Racing Network with the trucks and the Xfinity series. Always put down great racing, as you mentioned a moment ago. Uh, we talked about points a little bit ago. Rajah Karuth still the point leader by five over his teammate Nick Sanchez in the uh, national series in the east. It's Sammy Smith by just nine over Taylor Gray. So uh we'll keep an eye out on those competitors and or if Some others can jump into the points races as well. Should be a good show.
0: Absolutely. We'll see what happens, too, with those Rev Racing teammates. They got into it a little bit at Kansas, too. So I don't think we're done with those two drivers. We're talking Nick Sanchez, Roger Carruth getting after it this week. Once again, 9 o'clock Eastern on Flow. Uh, Speaking of ARCA, the West Series back-to-back. They went to Portland in the rain that we talked about, and now... Well, we're going to go to Sonoma, wine country, keeping it hopefully a lot better weather, too, than what they experienced in Portland. Saturday, 2.30 Eastern, and you can hear that on the Motor Racing Network. Uh, Kyle Ricci, I think you're going to that race. Arca West, though, at Sonoma, I think that's a long-standing tradition, Weather even back in the K&N you know, Pro Series days uh, should be another great road course, back-to-back road courses, so you think some of these drivers are getting accustomed to making left and right-hand turns.
1: Yeah, and before that, it was the Winston West Series uh, oh, that's that was right. usually the opener for Cup at, at Sonoma. So yeah, it's been a, a long-standing tradition for for many, many decades now. When we were talking here at the Speedway earlier today, I don't remember it ever raining in Sonoma. So hopefully, we can avoid what uh, what we went through last week in Portland. But yeah, Jake drew the point leader, uh, looking to continue his momentum into Wine Country this Saturday.
0: On my calendar right now, as we record this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, and, of course, you folks listening on Thursday will be able to get a good recap of it, the Eldora Million. I know it's dirt racing, But when you have Chase Briscoe, Kyle Larson, and a bunch of guys that not normally run uh, dirt late models trying to go after, I mean, you say a million dollars, and I say, let's go, where's my car? Uh, One of the richest weeks in dirt racing history for late models between the dirt late model Dream and the Eldora Million. Uh, The Dream wraps up on Friday, so you still have time to check that out. Tonight on Thursday wraps up the uh, Eldora Million. The purse total for those two events – $2 million total. Unbelievable, Kyle. And I know it's a fantastic event. You can watch it all on Flow.
1: Yeah, all here on Flow Racing and always a great event. Uh, I mean, Eldora puts on top class motorsports whenever they open their gates. It's always amazing events. And this has become an event quickly that has grown into what, uh, on the entry list, over, what, 120 cars. We're approaching 120 cars uh, for this week. So, yeah, and you get to watch it all on Flow. So uh, best of luck to all those that go out there, including our uh, NASCAR brother and that are in the race.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so we'll see who wins the million tonight on Thursday night on Flow Racing as part of the Eldora Million. Friday we'll wrap up the Dirt Late Model Dream. So if you haven't already been turned turned into uh, a dirt racing fan, at least a little bit by listening to Buddy Kofoid, turn your dial tonight to Flow Racing for some great racing. All right, back to the pavement. Southern Super Series. I.